This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, December 10th, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. One often overlooked consequence of ever-increasing taxes on cigarettes is smuggling. Michael Lefebvre is director of the Maury Fiscal Policy Initiative for the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. At the State Policy Network's annual meeting, we talked about the rise of cigarette smuggling. We don't hear a lot about uh, smuggling of cigarettes. Of course, during Prohibition, all alcohol was smuggled, <laughs> no matter where it was going. So uh, you've identified some of the, you've looked at some of the data on where this is likely going on, and the number one state for cigarette smuggling shouldn't surprise anybody. No, it is, of course, the state of New York, which has the highest state excise tax in the land and is host to New York City, which imposes its own $1.50 excise tax. And uh, both the state and the city, of course, are located all too close to Virginia, which has a very low excise tax rate. So creative entrepreneurs outside the legal market arbitrage the difference and work towards capturing as much of that in, in terms of profit as they can. That has led to a number of attendant consequences that would remind you of the Prohibition era, such as um, massive smuggling. There's been murders, murder for hire. There are um, Lucy's being sold on the streets of New York that um, helped contribute to the unfortunate death of one Lucy seller in the city, Eric Garner. Men used to buy single shots of liquor outside of factories in Detroit on their way home from work. The similarities are quite stunning. The state of New York, of course, isn't the only state with a high excise or high excise tax rate and therefore high smuggling. There are states like Rhode Island that have high uh, smuggling rates. The state of Washington has a high smuggling rate, and New Mexico and Arizona as well. We've seen this, of course, because. Individual states have some very high excise tax rates, while their neighboring states may not. People are not sheep lining up to be sheared, so they'll cross the border for a pack of smokes, or they'll cross into uh, another taxing jurisdiction like an Indian reservation. There's also commercial smuggling that exists, where you have organized crime syndicates rolling large trucks and vans northward from the tobacco states. All right, so what do the data say about changes to taxes in some of those relatively low-tax states? Since 2005, there's been about 70 state excise tax increases, and some have been quite dramatic. The low-tax states, like Missouri, um, are doing quite well in terms of selling cigarettes, but those in, those uh, many of those sales are rolling up into Illinois, and they have affected the overall smuggling rate in that state. In fact, in our year-over-year analysis, we found that the state of Illinois has increased 16 places in the ranking overall. We measure the smuggling rates of 47 out of the 50 states, and uh, Illinois is our biggest mover, probably because the state raised its excise tax, the city of Chicago raised its excise tax, and Cook County raised its excise tax. Really, it's a tax system only Al Capone could love. You have an interesting term for this, which is prohibition by price. Correct. During the actual era of alcohol prohibition, you could not obtain alcohol legally because there were laws against its manufacturing and distribution. Cigarettes remain legal, but because the political class have imposed such a high level of excise taxes on these products, you have what is, in effect, 
prohibition, but it's prohibition by price, not by mandate, with many of the attendant consequences. I've already mentioned murder for hire. Uh, there are uh, public corruption. We've seen uh, police officers arrested for using their patrol vehicle to escort illicit smokes through a particular jurisdiction. We have seen prison guards and jail guards arrested for smuggling contraband smokes into jails and prisons. You could make America a police state and the smokes would still get through. If you can't keep them out of jails, how can you keep them out of states? Well, that's a, that's a major problem for law enforcement and one that they really haven't come to grips with. They're pouring more resources into it in many areas like Virginia, but that just raises the, uh, the, the, the ability to make profits because you squeeze out some of the providers and others move in and are willing to take higher and higher risk, much like we experienced with the actual era of prohibition. What kind of revenues are we talking about for people who are engaged in the process of illegally moving smokes from one state to another. In 2010, there was an arrest of a group of 14 who had conspired to move 77 million cigarettes into New York. That's one crime syndicate. One of the individuals, incidentally, was arrested for a murder-for-hire plot. They were investing $8 million in their trade. They could easily double that money in a very short amount of time. We have uh, estimated that states lose about $5.1 billion in excise tax revenue as a result of cigarette smuggling nationwide. There are willing market participants to engage in this trade just based on those numbers. Absolutely. In fact, um, unfortunately, some of them don't even know that they're part of the trade. They'll go into a bodega and assume that they're paying full freight for cigarettes, but when in fact the person behind the counter is participating in this trade illicitly. In fact, time and again, we've seen interviews with bodega owners in New York where they say, I have no choice but to engage in this illicit transaction. Cigarettes are a complimentary good. People come in for cigarettes. They also buy alcohol, snacks, and that sort of thing. So these store owners almost feel compelled by circumstance to participate in this illicit trade. What's the fix? Our view is that the excise taxes need to be lowered or normalized. Uh, the differences between states are so large that there's no other way to reasonably reduce this. Unfortunately, we have seen states and local law enforcement agencies call for greater resources to help thwart the practice. Uh, more punishing laws on the scale of our drug war, for instance, uh, including civil asset forfeiture. And uh, we think that's going to be... Uh, an unsuccessful approach. The more efficient way to go about this is to simply roll back the excise taxes. When you consider costs versus benefits of a tax, um, public health people, I put that in quotes, public health people uh, say, look, it's going to we're going to reduce smoking rates by this amount. They will never, uh, at least I'm not aware of them, ever making the concession that we're going to see a lot of the problems we saw with prohibition, that is to say, corruption of police, uh, criminal elements being able to uh, have a great, deal, a great deal of access to money that they wouldn't otherwise have, and the just a sort of in inherent degradation of a legal system. They will recognize that a little bit of smuggling 
increases. There's a, an additional amount of smuggling that occurs, but almost nothing else. And even then, they explain away that the benefits exceed the costs when it comes to those smuggling efforts. They shouldn't, however, because the empirical evidence indicates that smuggling is undermining the health goals that the political class is chirping about when they raise excise taxes. There's a great study out of 2005, often quoted study by Mark Stair, and he estimated that about 85% of the after-tax hike change in legal paid sales is a result of avoidance, evasion and avoidance, and not from quitting. And he's not the only one. There's very recent studies, one out of uh, co-authored out of Grand Valley State University in Michigan, where they estimated that at this point in the taxing process, all the smokers that are left have a strong preference for doing so. So you literally have to raise excise taxes by 100% to get just 5% more to quit smoking. And they've argued that uh, because of that marginal difference that needs to be made, people, um, it, it may not be worth raising those excise taxes again. People are just going to cross the border looking for that lower-priced product. Pennsylvania is considering uh, an increase in excise taxes like a lot of states. They build these expectations into budgets that have not yet been passed. Uh, Kentucky does it with gambling all the time. So what are, what's the likely impact of that tax increase that Pennsylvania is proposing? We estimate that Pennsylvania will go from having a zero net smuggling rate to a net smuggling rate of 20%. That is, about 20% of all the cigarettes consumed within the state's borders will be of the illicit variety. This will add insult to injury when you consider that Philadelphia just recently imposed a high excise tax on the cigarettes locally. So we expect a, um, there to be a great deal of change. In fact, on the taxing front, they're going to go from receiving about $132 million a year in excise tax revenue from out-of-staters to only about $32 million. In other words, the tax burden is going to be shifted from people from other states onto the backs of Pennsylvania smokers. Michael Lefebvre is director of the Maury Fiscal Policy Initiative for the Mackinac Center for Public Policy. Get Cato Audio for your iOS device and take all six Cato Institute podcasts with you wherever you go. Learn more at Cato.org.